Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we praise your holy and wonderful name, Lord. I want to thank you so much, Lord, for allowing us to, to praise and to worship you, Lord, and thank you for your wonderful Holy Spirit being here. Lord, I want to pray for each person, each family who came gave their tithing and offering to you as an act of worship. I want to pray blessings upon them and their families. Lord, I want to pray for each person here today, Lord, they'll completely die, Lord, to their will, die to themselves. Open up, Lord, their spiritual ears and eyes so they can see and hear and understand, Lord, your word. I pray for myself, Lord, that I completely die to my will, and I pray, Lord, for an unlimited portion of your anointing power, your spirit to flow through me and upon me to allow the word to flow here this morning. There's someone here that needs to be born again or healed or set free or delivered from anything, Lord, that let them accept you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This message today, did God create evil and good? And if he did create evil, how do you fight against that if God created it? Now this message, um, the way I got this message was, if y'all remember several weeks ago, I started teaching a message about how to fight against evil. And I showed you then that before you can fight against evil, you have to identify and understand your enemy, which is the devil. And we went over that message. Then the next message, I, the part two of it, of teaching about how to fight against evil, my mic went out, if y'all remember that. Then last week, Gary and his class had some very, very deep discussions. So I had a lot of questions this past week. And when anybody asks me a question about things, I always pray over it, and I'll wait for God to speak back, back to me spiritually, and I've had at least four or five confirmations this, this week about this message. So I want to make sure this is a very, very deep message. Uh, I want to make sure that you have the scriptures there with you to bring with you. We'll have it on the screen as well. Um, you might not completely understand the message today, but I hope when you get done that you'll have more understanding of what, what the Bible has to say about it. It's a very, very deep discussion. And here's why I say that. All human beings are finite. How many understands that? We're on this earth. We're in a human body. Even though we're born again and God's spirit in, is inside of us, we can only see and hear things from a certain perspective. God is eternal. God is infinite, hallelujah. God knows and sees things bigger and understands more than what we do. So I quit a long time ago trying to figure God out of why he does what he does when he does it. Because as a lot of times God does things way in advance before he even does it, and you don't even know why he's doing it, and it might be years later you find out why, why he's doing what he's doing. So understand, don't try to figure God out, but what you need to understand is, is if, if, if God really created good and evil, why? Okay, let's look at this. So first of all, turn to Isaiah 45. Now let me go and tell you now. Now y'all know I use King James Version. I like King James Version overall, but if you don't know how to read the King James Version, and don't know how to look at it from a study perspective, the average Christian can be fooled. I've watched it because of old English and translations, that kind of thing. So let me go into detail up front. The only translation out of all the translations across the world, the only translations that says what I'm fixing to show you is the King James Bible. Okay, that's it. The only one. 
The problem is most people don't know how and what it means because they've never been taught the spiritual meaning of Hebrew. How many knows the first five books of the Bible is called what? The Torah. How many knows the Old Testament is written in Hebrew? Most Christians have no clue about that, have no understanding about where it comes from. Matter of fact, I know a lot of Christians who says, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a born-again believer. Matter of fact, this week alone, I have had at least 15 debates back and forth with Palestinians. I mean, who knows what Palestinians are, okay? And I've done this because of I've had all these different things come out on the Internet, and most of them are okay, but a lot of them goes against Israel, okay, online. So when I see that as a Christian, I know I don't hate these people. I just know they're blinded. So what I've been doing, and this is where a lot of this come from, is when they say something stupid on the Internet, on a news feed about Israel and how they're attacking the Palestinians and these poor people need their own state, I'm just thinking, man, I feel sorry for these people. They have no clue what they're even talking about. How many knows the Palestinians already has a state? Most folks don't realize that. How many of you ever heard of Lebanon? Lebanon has 90% of Palestinian people, the Arabs, already there. The problem is it's got nothing to do with the Palestinians wanting their own state. They want to kill and get rid of Israel. And most Christians don't have a clue that your salvation comes from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I'm sitting here online and I'm putting it out there. I said, you can fight till the cows come home. You can sit here and get mad and all these things all you want to, but bottom line is God loves you. God loves the Muslims. God loves the Palestinians. He loves you all, but you cannot and will not go against God's covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His name changed to Israel. That land belongs to them. It's never going to change, period. And I said, Palestines, God loves you, but you go back to Ishmael. It goes back to Hagar and Abram. That was a natural man-made seed that his wife Sarah gave her slave to him to have a natural child. And that's got nothing to do with God's covenant. And I said, so you can fight all you want to, but you're fighting against God. And I said, if you'll quit fighting against God and embrace Israel, then you'd have a whole lot more peace in your life. And this is a dead silence. Someone wants to argue back and forth because they don't understand, but most of them has no clue. But I did that not to be mean, but to give them understanding that what they're fighting, they're fighting a lost cause. And here's the problem. Most Christians are not taught truth. Why? Because just like I grew up, most churches, we think church is about getting saved. How many here knows church has not, got nothing to do about getting saved? That's not what church is about. It's not supposed to be you open up the doors and all you, all you say folks come in here and we preach a, a joke in a three-point sermon about a salvation message to a bunch of saved people. That's what happens all the time in churches. The Bible says the church is made for saved folks to come in so the, the five-fold ministry can biblically help you, teach you what God's covenant, God's will is so you're not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that's out here. So it's what, it's what the Bible says. Then when we hear that, understand that we're supposed to go out here to the highways and byways. And we're supposed to all preach the gospel and tell everybody about Jesus Christ. Now if they come in here, hallelujah. But the problem with most churches, people stay dumb as a rock. 
They say here they're saved and they are not made disciples. You're going to find in Scripture where the Bible always tells us to go ahead and do what? Make what? Not recruits to your church, but make disciples. You can't make disciples if you don't know God's Word. So even right here in Isaiah 45, most people read that, well, that's it. God says it. Have no idea what it really even says because they don't understand Hebrew. So let's look at this. Isaiah 45, and look at verse 7. What does it really say? This is God. I form the light, and I and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, here's the problem. The Bible don't say that. It just not says it, Greg. No, it don't. That's the only verse that says that. You and your mind thinks God created evil. Now, think about this. If God created good, which you know God is good, then if he creates evil, how in the world am I supposed to fight against what God, 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 God created? Think about that. Now, all the other verses does not say that. Now, here's the problem. Here's the spiritual meaning. In the Hebrew, there's a word there called ra. How many of you heard of ra? Okay, ra. Here's what that word actually means. Okay, it actually means ra, sorrow, calamity, disaster, affliction, adversity, not evil. So here in Scripture, here's what it really says. I form the lie, I create darkness, I make peace, and I create sorrow, calamity, disaster, affliction, adversity. Not moral evil like you think. That's not God. So quit blaming God on all the bad things out here in the world like we do. We sit here when bad things happen and we say it's an act of God. We blame God on everything because we don't understand the deepness of God. Because most pastors don't even teach this. Are y'all getting a hold of this, anybody? Just like, just like when I grew up, I was, I was taught replacement theology by, by most churches. Most Methodists and Baptists and Catholic churches all the way through Presbyterian. We sit here and say, the Medo-Israel Jews people killed Jesus, so God come down here and created a brand new covenant with the Gentiles. How many here knows that's not in Scripture? Nowhere in the Bible does it say that at all. Nowhere. And y'all hear me teaching on the book of Acts. Right now we're in chapter 6, and you got to go all the way to Acts 10 before you even have one Gentile come inside the picture. So that God's new covenant church that he makes at Pentecost was with who? The Jewish people. And we, Gentiles, get grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. So it's not been done away with. It has been fulfilled. Hallelujah. You're getting a hold of this, anybody? But see, if that's not taught, you'll grow up your whole life in church with your chest poked out like you're all that. Like, like, like somehow God is some, a Gentile God. God says, I took the Gentile and I took the Jew and I brought them together to form what? One new covenant, one new man, and that's being born again in Christ. Hallelujah. And when you take away the Hebrew and you take away God's way of doing it, now you have a fake gospel and a fake Jesus that has nothing to do in this Bible. And that's what's wrong with churches today. Because most Christians have been brainwashed of, I want to say a Romans road prayer, God forgive me of my sins, da -da -da -da, I'm saved, now I get to go to heaven one day, and I stay dumb as a rock out here, and I never learn and never become a disciple. I said my little Romans road prayer, so I'm going to live the way I want to. That is not biblical. That is not God. If you get born again, he will change your heart on the inside, hallelujah. 
And you are a temple of Almighty God. And the Bible says you have a desire to do His will. You have a desire to do what He wants you to do. Not just say some prayer so you won't burn in hell one day. And that's what's wrong because people don't understand even like Isaiah 45. So let me just carry it deeper. Other versions of it. How many of you have ever heard of ESV, NIV? There's a complete Jewish Bible, uh, NLT. All of them says the exact same thing, which is I form the light and create darkness. Now watch. This is that I make peace and I create disaster. I create calamities. I create these kind of things. There's a reason for that. God did not create evil. Okay? I'm just trying to show you, not in the sense you think it is. So I want you to know that up front before I get into this message. Because how many here know that Satan did not create evil either? How many here knows God's sovereign? Okay? God creates all things. The problem is we don't understand we start reading certain things in Scripture what they mean in context. I cannot tell you how many pastors I've heard over the years who takes one scripture out of context and try to make it say something it does not say. That's very dangerous. So so y'all want to go deeper into this? Go over now to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Watch this. And again, the Bible speaks for itself. And what do you know? I always tell you guys, never believe me. Never follow what I say. What are you supposed to do? Check out every word I say. Go back and look at it. Don't ever follow a man, hallelujah. Go back and look at it. Now, understand this right here. If God did not make angels and humans a certain way, that means, because I've had this question asked me many times, why did God do all these things? Why does bad things happen to people? Why did he stop at me? I could go through a list of all the questions I've had. Okay? And I'm going to go over some, some in just one minute. It's real simple. God does not want a bunch of robots. God has to give you a free will. He has to give you a choice. But here's where the mistake comes in. You think God created good and evil, and you choose, Greg, good or evil. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. That's not what it says. That's not what it means. That's not what the word raw means. Listen, evil is not a thing. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Watch this right here. Go to Colossians chapter 1 and go to verses uh, 16 and 17. Now watch what this says. Very interesting. For by him were all things created. I mean, everything you see out here on the planet, all angels, all humans, everything, who, who created it? Almighty God. Now watch. There are in heaven and this on earth, visible and invisible, or that they be thrones, now watch this, dominions, principalities, more on that in a few minutes, and powers, all things were created by him and for him. So who creates everything? Almighty God. And he is before all things and by all things consist. So you say, okay, Greg, from what you just now read, God did create evil. No, he didn't. Let me explain. That's not what you... See, the point is, you're trying to see evil from a finite position. You are a finite human being. You have a limited source in your brain and a limited source inside your body. Serious, because we're finite people trying to understand an infinite almighty God. Okay? 
We, we, and you can't do that. And I promise you, when you're trying to do it, you're trying to read God's Word from a human, natural way of understanding it. Remember I told you guys this right here, that all atheists and religious folks and everybody in the world, doctors, lawyers, whoever can take God's Word, take the Bible and read it and can only get so far with it. You can understand history. You can understand uh, times. You can understand what people are saying and look at Greek words, Hebrew words. That's fine. But how many understands that the Word of God is contained within the Bible? But the Bible and the Word are different. You've heard me say it before. If you take this Bible and some evil person comes up here and takes a match and burns it up, you've not destroyed God's Word. You can burn up pages of leather and ink that contains the Bible, but God's Word consists forever. God's Word is within the Bible. God's Word is holy. God's Word is what's written inside the Bible that the, only the Holy Ghost can reveal to you. Does that make any sense? That's why when you're reading God's Word, it will jump off the pages if you've been born again and reveal to you the meaning behind those spiritual words. Does that make any sense? And the world can't get that. They try, they can't. Believe me, I've spent all week long debating with Palestinians, they're blind as a bat. I love them, they're blind. They have no understanding, none whatsoever. It's sad. So the only person that can change those folks is God and through the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just trying to get you to see. Christians the same way. We can sit here and worship a false Jesus all day long. And I've watched folks do it. People get mad over a pew, over a stained glass window, over a great-grandpa bought, bought, bought the carpet. Who cares? All this stuff's going to be burned up. What's real is the spiritual part of God. What's real is the true church, hallelujah. Quit worshiping carpet and pews and worship Almighty God. I've watched it happen, guys. I'm telling you, over and over and over, I've watched churches split over the color of a darn hymn book, over green or, green or red. How many of you have ever seen that happen in church? Stupid stuff like that, but it happens all the time because we're so focused on the natural, we miss the spiritual. So this passage right here, yes, God created everything, but he did not create evil in the sense that you think he did. I've already showed you what the word means. It's called ra in the Hebrew. Okay? It's not moral evil. How many here knows there's a moral evil and there's a natural evil? Let me try to like this right here. Try your best spiritually to get like this. If I ask most people this question, does coal exist? Yes, Greg, it does. No, it don't. No, that would be incorrect. Coal does not exist. Coal is the absence of heat. Try to think it like this now. There would, there would be no cold at all if there's heat. When you take away heat, then what happens? You get cold. This is how evil exists. Let me carry it deeper. How many has ever heard of light and darkness? Darkness does not exist without the absence of light. Matter of fact, it's carried a bit deeper here. This is not one of your scriptures, but if you read Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2, Verses 1 says God created everything, the heavens and the earth, and it's wonderful. When God creates everything, what is it? It is perfect. And all of a sudden you read verses 2 and 3, and it's dark, and it's empty, and it's void. What happened? If you read any study Bible in the Hebrew, you'll see there was a cataclysmic event, a great judgment of God. Ra happened. 
whatever happened in heaven with a great war between the angels and God and cast Satan down, more on that in just a minute, verses 2 goes to the word rah, judgment, darkness, void, empty, disaster, calamity. Y'all seeing that? What is it? Is it this very carefully? How, how many has ever dug a hole in the ground? Hey, no, a hole does, does not exist. All a hole is, is absent from dirt. You've got to see it that way. A hole is not really a thing. A hole only exists when I remove the dirt. Does that make any sense? The hole is not by itself. The hole is absent of that dirt. So all evil is, is absence from God. Are you getting a hold of this? You've got to see it this way. God did not say, okay, angels, Lucifer, humankind, here's good, I've created it. Here's all bad and evil and murder and lies. Choose this if you want to. That's not what it says at all. Here's what God says. I am God. I am good. I am perfect. I am light. I am almighty. You follow me, do my will. If you choose to go against the light, the wonderful, the perfect things, then it's absence of that is where you get evil. And the word raw gives that definition of what it really means. So no, God did not create evil in the sense that you think that he did. Does it make any sense? I mean, if I ate a donut, y'all like, like donuts? Have you ever, you ever seen the hole in the donut? You've heard donut hole? How many here a donut hole is not a real thing? It's just simply the hole missing the donut. But we call it a donut hole. We're trying to make evil a thing, like a cup of coffee or a piece of paper. It's not a thing. It's the absence of something. Does that make any sense? I'm trying to get you to see this. So let's carry it in context. Go back to Isaiah 45. And let's put it back in context. If you ever want to know what someone's talking about, you go back to context. Any pastor who tries to pull out of context what it's saying is very dangerous. So what is Isaiah 45 really saying before you even get to verses 7? So let's go back to Isaiah 45 and let's go to verses 1. And let's watch. Watch. It's very, very powerful. Watch. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the watch, the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass, and cut and sunder the bars of iron. Now watch what it says right here. It's pretty cool. I will give thee the treasures of what? Darkness. I will give you the treasures that comes out of this disaster, out of this calamity, out of these things of the world system. He's telling him, I'll let you have all these treasures. Now watch what he says here. And hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know the I, and watch he says, the Lord which call thee by name and God of Israel. How many here knows that uh, this Cyrus dude was a Gentile? How many here knows that God allowed him, a Gentile, to be over Israel at this time? How many knows that God is telling him a certain thing about Israel? Watch what it says right here. For Jacob, my servant's sake, 
And Israel, my elect, I have even called thee by name, he's saying to him. I have surnamed thee, uh, though thou hast not even known me. He said, I've already had, I don't even have a surname for you. I know who you are. I know every hair in your head. You don't even know who I am, he says. Now look at verses 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. Uh, I girded thee, and thou hast not known me. Thou, uh, they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Then he goes into verses 7 and says what he says there. So what's he saying to this, to this guy? Listen, all your pagan small g gods out here are nothing. I am everything. I am God. I've created it all. So he's saying that, and then verse 7 tries to say he created good and evil. The problem is not knowing the Hebrew word of what evil even means. It's the word ra. So God did not create. Can I, I cannot tell you how many times people have come up to me, why, Greg, did God allow my son to be born deformed? Why, Greg, did God allow this tornado to come tear my house down? I remember back, at, back close to Rome, Georgia, years ago, in Aragon area, when a little 12-year-old boy was riding a bike and pulled out in front of a car and got run over and killed. And people were beating on my chest. Why did God do this? Why did God allow this? For 25 years, I've had these questions asked to me. They blamed God for everything. And I've watched people who don't understand God. When bad things happen, they either turn close to God or they turn against God. And right there is your answer. I either turn to God or I turn against God. I turn to God or I turn against God. Right there is what we have a problem with. Right there is where we miss it. Right there is what Satan has done. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to get deeper into this. I'm going to make sure you get a hold of this. Most people miss this. How many of you ever heard of moral evil? Natural evil. Let me explain. Here's what moral evil is. If I'm outside, actually, just take it back. What's natural evil first? Natural evil is if I'm outside and a tornado comes up or a big strong wind comes by and boom, a tree falls, hits me and kills me, that's called natural evil. That is a result of what happened in the fall of the garden. Bad things happen to people. Okay? Moral evil is, same tree standing here, and my neighbor over here don't like me or my dog, and they take a chainsaw, and they're cutting that thing down and push it on top of me and kills me. The evil intent of my neighbor's heart is called moral evil. And there's punishment to moral evil, not to Natural. And you're going to see these things happening all through Scripture. Most people miss what's even going on here and why God created it the way He did. It's very, very, because both exist. That's why people get confused about it. So now, let's carry it deeper. Go to Isaiah 14. This is important that you see this. Because what did Satan do? This is where, because listen, Satan did not create evil. How many knows that? He did not create evil. That's not what the Bible says at all. But he takes what God created for a purpose and he takes the form of I'm going to do something here to humankind to do what I did to God. Watch. <laughs> this is very interesting because most people don't understand this because angels and devil, human beings all have a free will. Now watch what happens here. 
You're either going to choose God's will or not. You're not going to choose good or evil. You're going to choose God's will or not God's will. That's all you have to choose from. So, have you ever been walking around somebody? That's why I'm always preaching quote Halloween. How can a Christian go to haunted houses and go to all these evil things out here and say, I'm a Christian and knowingly walking into evil, walking into darkness, walking into something that the world embraces, if the Holy Spirit of God's inside you and you're wanting to do His will, why in the world do you want to step into evil It goes right against the opposite of God? But folks do it all the time. Because they've been lied to. I said my prayer, my Romans Road prayer that don't, that's not in Scripture. And now I'm safe and I get to go to heaven one day so I can live the way I want to. Really? You better be thinking what, what God really says. You must be what? Born again. Religion will not get you to heaven. Look what happened with Satan here. This is so powerful. How many here knows when God created Lucifer? who was an angel, he created him what? Perfect. Watch. Look at this. Isaiah 14. Go to verses 12. Now here's what happened to Lucifer. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Yeah. Why did it weaken the nations? Because he's going to take his will and bring it to the nations. I'm not going to get into which nations it's talking about here right now. That's another whole entire teaching. Because Israel wasn't even created yet. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend to heaven. Now watch what he says. What does he say? This is more evil. What does he say? He says, I will, I will say in my heart. So what is a decision? God did not sit here and say, okay, Lucifer, here's good. And here's evil. Now choose. Now we're talking about before Adam and Eve here. All God said to the angels and him was, I am good, here's my will. This is it. And Lucifer says, no, I want my will to be done. I want it my way. Now watch this. This is important. This is called the intent of the heart. Watch. This is where it gets deep. O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground and didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the highest of the clouds and I will be like most high. And then it says... Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. How many here knows what's in hell? People always describe hell. You know what hell is? Here's real simple. No God. How many know that Satan is not in charge of hell? Like all the movies trying to show. Satan did not create hell. God did. God created hell. God also creates a lake of fire for a purpose. And it's made for the demons and for and for the fallen angels, and for Satan, okay? But what is hell? We try to, the biggest way of saying it is absence of God. Like if you and I walk out here today, we get done with church, you walk outside, you don't realize the goodness of God. You're breathing, your heart's pumping, you can walk, 
You're smelling fresh air. The wind's blowing. Every particle, every bird is chirping. You don't run. Everything you've got is good of God. Now take all that away. Take all that away and you've got hell. You've got darkness. There's no light. How many of you have been outside at night and you see a little small light long ways away? You can't put out that light. If I get closer and closer, the light gets bigger and stronger and stronger. If it's complete black darkness in here, how do you get rid of darkness? Bring in light. You'll get a hold. That's hell is the opposite. In other words, opposite of heaven. That's all God's trying to show you here. And it wasn't really created for you, but if you choose not to do God's will, then you're choosing to do what Satan's doing here. Satan, the Lucifer, said, I'm going to be above you, God. I'm going to be above your will and do my own will. How many understand that? So now let's carry it deeper. Now all of a sudden, you've got God creating human beings in his image for a purpose. What was the purpose of it? God says, now Lucifer was cast down to earth. The earth is cursed. The earth is dark. It's void. There's nothing there. Okay? It's been cursed judgment of God. And God takes people. And here's what's important. Before he created Adam and Eve, what did he create first? He said he created male and female spirit in the image of God. What is, what is God's image? Y'all know? It's spiritual. The Bible says you must worship him in spirit and in truth. So the very first thing God created was a male spirit and a female spirit. He created, it, created them in our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And while they're in the spiritual state, what does he do? He says, I bless you. And he says, you take back replenish the earth. I give you authority. I give you all these things. Then he takes from the ground and creates man, and from the man he creates a woman and puts a physical body on that. Y'all get a hold of this? Now this is important. Satan knows this, and Satan don't like it one bit. So what does he do? He does the very thing he did in heaven. He goes against God's will to do his own will because God has already created raw. Raw is simply saying, do my will or here's the, the effects of what's going to happen. Okay, and the effects, I've already showed you, calamity and disaster. How many knows if a, if a guy goes out here and rapes somebody or murders somebody, should it not be punishment? Yes, God created the punishment. That's what it's for. But it ain't some little kid's fault who's born deformed, or if a tornado hits your house, it's not God doing it. It's part of the judgment that came off of that. Does that make any sense? Anybody seeing this? Let's get deeper. Go to Genesis. Now watch what happens here. At this point, the fall's already happened. He's putting uh, spiritual beings back on the earth to replenish it, and Satan don't like it, and what does he do? He goes to E first. Look at what happens here. Genesis 2, and go to verses 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. Now watch what happens. And he put the man whom he formed, and out of the ground he made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And he put the tree of life. How many here knows the tree of life is the goodness of God? The tree of life is the spiritual part. 
the tree of life which they had then, and guess what's going to be in the thousand-year millennium? The tree of life. Okay? That's the part of God that God says is my will that is good, that is perfect, that is holy, that is light. Y'all getting a hold of this? Watch. Also in the midst of the garden, he put the tree of what? The knowledge of good and evil. Okay? Which is the part of God, which is what Satan did, Lucifer did, knowledge of. If you don't have any knowledge that I want to go against God, okay? Lucifer did that. In his own heart, he says, I want my will to be done, okay? How many folks do you not know like that today? Okay? I'm just trying to show you where it comes from. So Satan did not create evil, but he is the one who tempts you with evil to do what he did. And it starts right here from the very first human beings. He goes to Eve. Did God not really say if you eat of this tree that you're really going to die? No, 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 no. You're going to be like gods. Okay, listen to me. It's okay. You're not really going to die. You're going to be like he is. And God already said, here's my will. Don't do this. So they chose to listen to Satan. And they chose to do their own will. And when they did, God already warned them. He knew it was going to happen. God knows the end from the beginning. As soon as you eat of this tree, watch what it says. Go over to verses 16. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eat of this, Watch what happens. Thou shalt do what? Thou shalt surely die. But Greg, they, they didn't die for hundreds of years. You're right, naturally. Spiritually, they died immediately. They lost the will of God. They lost the goodness of God because they chose this what, this what Lucifer did, the raw. I'm going to choose to go against God, and when I do, calamity hits, disaster hits. Y'all seeing this? Darkness hits. Now I've got to work by the sweat of my brow. Now I've got to do it on my own, minus God. God still loved them, though, enough to do what? God made a way, okay? It wasn't that they did it on their own. They tried to get old fig leaves and make their own aprons and, and cover their nakedness up before God. Which covering the nakedness up means covering up my will of what I've done wrong. Because I didn't obey you, God. God said, it's not going to work. So God took animals and killed them, and took the bloody coats of the skins and covered their nakedness up. That's called a blood covering. And he sent that all the way through Israel. That's why every year they had to kill a lamb. Every, every single year is a blood covering to cover their sins until the Lamb of God got to come, which is called Jesus Christ, to take away the sins of the world. Does it make any sense? If you're not taught these things, you just walk out, just do, it, do whatever you, you want to do. It's not about our will. It's about his will. He teaches us how to pray. Let thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Right? It's not about us. It's about him. Y'all seen this anybody? So here again, he puts the tree of knowledge of good and evil. How many of you knows God is good and spiritual? The absence of God is what? The absence of good is darkness or evil. Y'all seeing this? I'm trying to get you to understand the meaning of what it really says here. So, Adam and Eve died spiritually in the garden. 
Go to Romans 11. Romans 11. See, here's the thing we've got to say. God didn't have to create evil. All he had to do was just allow. <laughs> allow from Satan and humans. Allow the absence of good. He didn't create evil, but I'm going to allow you, angels, human beings, to have a choice, a free will. Do you want to do what I want you to do or not? If it's or not, here's the consequences. God didn't say, here's evil and darkness and here's good. Choose. No, that's not biblical. That's not what it says. He says, I'm good. I'm, I'm perfect. Choose me. If you don't, here's the consequences. It's hard for all minds to get around that and you might not ever understand it until on this side of heaven. But the Bible does not say God did, did it the way we think he did. Does that make any sense? Look at Romans 11.33. On oh, oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways, his paths, finding out. For who have known the mind of the Lord and who have been his counselor? Okay? You, you can't figure God out. You can try. God loves you, and God wants you to grow close to him and seek after him. Hallelujah. But I promise you, he sees things from a turtle, spiritual perspective, and we're trying to see it from, from, the, from the finite, earthly, worldly perspective because that's how you're born into. That's why you must do what to go to heaven? Be religious. No, do what? Be born again. Why? When I was born because of Adam and Eve into this world, my spirit, my soul, and my flesh, as a human being, I was born into sin nature. Even a baby is a sinner and don't even know it. But great, they don't know. They don't know. If they die, they're going to go to heaven. But they're born into sin nature. The whole earth is ate up with it because of what happened in the garden. That's the natural evil. Okay? And all through natural evil, you have Satan walking around like a roaring lion, whispering in people's ears. And I'm going to show you in just a minute, he has all different levels of spiritual groups who follows him, different levels in the air and that kind of thing. We, we, God tells us about that. Who's always going around, whispering in your mind, in your ear, planning things, trying to get you to do what? To go against the will of God. God gave ten commandments to Israel and says, here's how I am. He even tells us in Scripture that God did not even punish people or hold them accountable until the ten commandments. He said, I winked at it because you're doing 100 miles an hour down the highway and you don't know what the speed limit is. After I give you the ten commandments, I'm going to put a post up that says 55. This is what I want you to do. You didn't know that until then, but now the law says, here's a speed limit, now you'll be held accountable after I tell you what you're supposed to do. Y'all get a hold of that. And Satan says, no, do what you want to do. He whispers in your ear, and the whole point is try to get you to do what he did, which is to go against the will of God. That's what evil is. Does that make any sense? Yes, no, maybe. Are y'all seeing this, everybody? It's so important that you see this. Go over to Romans 8. Romans 8. And I thank God he gave us a choice. Because God doesn't want robots. It's a choice. And here, here's what's so funny about this. It's so weird. 
Because I never was never taught this growing up. I taught all rapists and murderers and liars are going to bust hell wide up and go to hell because of what they did. And church brings in the fear. Boy, walk this way, talk this way, act this way, dress this way. Y'all, y'all been there, right? Okay. Hey, well, that's not what the Bible teaches. How many knows not, not one murderer or one rapist or one liar will be in hell because of what they did? Well, Grinda, hold on, Greg. Listen to me. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, came here to do what? Down the cross for every human being's sins. You'll go to hell if you reject the only one sin that's out there, which is I reject the Lamb of God. I reject the offering. I reject the blood sacrifice. I reject the very one God gave to take away the murder, to take away the lying, to take away what I did wrong. If I reject that, then yes, I'll go to hell and I'll pay the price for my murder, my price for lying, my price for whatever I did wrong because I rejected the very one who paid the price for me. Does that make any sense? That's why he did that because he knows that human beings are born into sin nature. We're born into natural evil. It's not even our fault. So he made a way to get us back. So all born-again believers have the same spirit that was in Jesus and the same spirit that was in Adam and Eve back in us now. That's why I can walk around and I can look at Halloween or I can look at something bad and say, that's dark, that's evil, that's not from God. How many, how many of you have felt that before? That's called discernment. If you don't have that, you're, you're probably not saved. Because if you're born again, you should have no desire to do those things. Y'all get a hold of this. I'm not saying you're not going to mess up. We all mess up. But look at what Romans 8 says. Now here's what people don't realize. Even the earth right now, as beautiful as it is, has already gone through two floods. <laughs> I thought it was one, two. Genesis 1 through 1 and 2 tells you about the first one, the judgment of God, and the earth is void and without. That's the first one. The second one is Noah. That's the second flood. No, no time for why he did it then for this message. You've heard me teach on it before. But even though we have all these floods, things happen, judgments happen after each dispensation of time, the Bible says. It's still beautiful. But there's natural things here. And, and, and the Bible says here in Romans, look at verses 19, that it's even itself groaning. For the earnest expectation of the creature, which means creation, waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. How many here knows you as a Christian, when you get born again, are children of God? And he gives you the power to become what? Sons of God. He's trying to get your eyes open up to who you are in Christ. And they're waiting to the very end, the Bible says, he's going to change all this back around. For the creation was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Now watch. Because the creature or creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption of the glorious liberty of the, of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Okay? Even the natural things are groaning for that to happen. How many here knows in the thousand-year millennium, God said, I'm going to create a new heaven and a new earth. Okay, y'all seeing this? 
And all this judgment and pain you see because of the fall is going to be taken care of. So is, is anything too big for God? Can he fix this problem? Well, look at what Jeremiah 32, 27 says. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? No, not, not at all. But, we're not, but he didn't do it quick enough, Greg. Say, we want, we want God to do it right now. God has a plan. He knew from the very beginning. And that's a part that I will never understand. The Bible makes it real clear. Go to James 1. I'm giving you a bunch of scriptures on purpose. Go, go to James 1. I know this is a long message, but I want you to hear it. I don't want you to be confused. Now watch what it says here. It's very important. Because I've heard people say this all the time. It's God's fault. Watch this. James 1, verses 13. Let no man say when he is tempted. 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 Who tempts you? The very right Satan, the very one who won against the will of God, is the one who says in evil, I'm going to tempt humankind to do what I did, to go against God's will. How many here knows God, God can test you, but he don't tempt you? Watch this right here. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. God cannot. So wait a minute. If God created evil, which he didn't, not in the sense you're saying, how can he be tempted? That's not what I'm talking about. God cannot be tempted with evil, he says. Neither tempteth he any man. God don't tempt you. But what happens to you? The exact same thing that happened to Satan. Watch. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. I want my will to be done. Now watch what it says. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Y'all can hold that? God makes it real clear. You're not, I'm not tempting you. And I can't be tempted because God did not create evil in the sense that it's been taught out here. That's not biblical. He says, listen to me, Satan took his will, now he's going to try to push it on you for you to go against God. Because you know good and well, guys, think about it. If the Holy Ghost is inside you or not, even folks that who call themselves atheists, that God says he put in them to know that there, there is a God. They might not be born again yet, but they will be held accountable. And if you are a Holy Spirit-filled believer, the Holy Ghost is inside you. Come on, get real. You know when you mess up. We all mess up. When you're, when you're doing something stupid, the Holy Spirit is saying, Greg, what are you doing? You know you're going against the will of God. You know you're doing your own will. And if I stay there, the Bible says, that's sin, what will happen? I will eventually die. Physically, I'll die. Because if I stay doing something dumb, I'm going to die. That's why folks get hooked on drugs or alcohol or anything else out here in the world system. It eventually well, it kills you quicker than you do when you're supposed to die. Does that, does that make any sense? Think about what God's saying here. So God does not tempt you. It's only the absence of himself. God has a free will, but God is good. Now, quickly, close on this era. Go back to Ephesians 6. God gives us away. We're almost done. Ephesians 6, he, he warns you of where this comes from. Satan took the very thing God created, and he did create raw. 
He did. He created raw <laughs> disaster. He created all the calamity and things. When people come against him, here's what's going to happen to you. It happened in Genesis 1 and 2. Happened with Noah's day as well. Angels left their first estate. Jude 6 and, and Genesis 6, 1 through 4. It happens. That's why. But God knows it's going to happen. That's the part we can't get our mind around. But look what it says you're fighting against. Again, it's not your flesh. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's the goodness. That's the right tree. That's the spiritual part that was, not, that was there before, the, before they lost it. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil is what? The wiles of the devil is what he did. He went against God's will to do his own will. He's trying to get you to do the very same thing. He can't make you do anything, church. He can only tempt you to do it. That's what I was talking about. Satan's work that Christ came to destroy the work of the devil is to stop you from trying to walk in the flesh and follow what you think is right in your own ways, in your own eyes, but to follow God's will and God's ways and go back to where he put you from the very beginning. Does that make any sense? Almost done. Verses 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Now, did I show you earlier that God created those things? Yes. He creates all things. He knew it was going to happen. But your, but your enemy is what? Against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How many here knows just this past week that put out another government video? Now, y'all think I'm crazy, but I'm not afraid to say this kind of stuff. Y'all probably saw it. I preached on this last year. Now they got another one out. Navy pilots has on film a flying saucer, UFO, don't know what it is, hovering above their ships. And all of a sudden now, boom, it goes inside the ocean. And again, they clogged it doing thousands of miles an hour up under the ocean. Now, what is that kind of stuff? In June, it's supposed to come out and talk more of this kind of stuff. Oh my God, Greg, there's aliens out here on different planets that's bigger and smarter than we are. No. It's called fallen angels. It's called demonic spirits. It's called principalities and powers of the air. Don't put your head in the sand. Know who your enemy is. Don't be afraid of them. They're not going to come abduct me as a Christian and do some weird things to me. No, I don't think so. You touch me in the name of Jesus Christ, you get up under my feet. Right? Think about that. If we are, but, but, but they're real. Don't be crazy to say, oh, it's just hoax. No, it's not, guys. Russia, China, India has gone all the way back hundreds of years. It's everywhere. You can't say, oh, this is a hoax. It's not a hoax. Don't try to say something don't exist when it really does exist and it's your enemy. Go back to Satan. It goes back to fallen angels. It goes back to principalities. Y'all get a hold of this. And it's made here to fool you, to trick you as it did in the garden. Y'all seen this, anybody? That's who your enemy is. But it's out here. Last year they come out with one chasing and they put it on film and the government says, yes, we're going to finally admit to it after all these years. 
This is a real film. And now this past month, they said, yeah, 2019, here's another one. It went inside the sea. If you know anything about the sea, we've only explored this a very, very small part of it. Y'all, y'all saying this to anybody? So see, as a Christian, I'm not going to be fooled. If they go kill a Bigfoot tomorrow, I'm not surprised. If they go get a mermaid tomorrow, I'm not surprised. If they go find a UFO, I'm not surprised. I don't look at it like, oh my God, we've evolved from monkeys and fish and something bigger. No, I know who I am in Christ. I know where I come from and I know the enemy of what they are. Y'all seeing this? But it's not taught in churches because we go off our emotions. Anybody saying this? Romans 8, 15. Y'all know this part here, but I'm going to close it here on this. Now, this is important. You get a hold of this as human beings. And you know, this, one, this will help bring all this together. Okay? How many here know there's two kinds of fear? Two kinds of fear. Now watch. The, the first fear has got nothing to do with God is absence of God. When you don't have God, you have darkness. When you don't have God, His will, you got your own will. It's going to bring darkness. And rulers of darkness will try to come against you. Okay? But the Bible says, Romans 8, 15, for, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I have the Holy Ghost inside me. So I know that fear comes from the darkness because Satan is trying to get me to go against the will of God. Does that make any sense? But God says, Christians, born-again believers, there's a second fear. And the second fear goes back to Psalms 19.9. We're almost done. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Here's the definition of the fear of the Lord. Now watch. It is reverent trust or faith in the goodness, the tree of life, the power, the glory, the, the, the almighty power of almighty God. You're so awesome and so powerful. Watch. But with the hatred of evil. I trust you, God. I love you. And I hate evil. Why do you think in the book of Romans, I think it's chapter 12, where God creates the navy, the army, the policemen, and all these things, the Bible says, powers upon this earth to fight against what? Evil. That's why if you've been in war and you've battled in Vietnam or World War I or World War II and you've had a fight for your country and you kill the enemy, you are not held accountable. That is not murder. That is killing for your country. A policeman has to fight against evil all the time. If somebody breaks into your house tonight trying to hurt your family and you shoot and kill them, that's not murder. You're not held accountable for that. That's evil coming against you. Y'all seen this, anybody? That's why it's important to know what God really says. That I love you, God. I want to do your will. Help me walk in your will. You've given me your Holy Spirit to do so. But I need your help and your power Y'all seeing this? But there's an evil out here and I hate it. Now some churches embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace the evil inside the churches. Anything goes, let my will be done. Not, 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 not your God, but mine. We change what God says in his word to fit popularity of the world system. Sickening. 
Look at 2 Timothy 1.7. Almost done. For God hath not given us the, uh, the emotional spirit, that's what it's talking about, of fear, but he's given us power. That's the Holy Ghost. And of love and of a sound mind. And you can read later Matthew 7, verses 15 through 18 to kind of help you understand this. That story right there is Jesus Christ is on the earth and he knows the difference between natural evil and moral evil. And they say to this to him, Jesus, why is this man born blind over here? Who sinned? His mom and daddy or him? He says, nobody did. He was born that way. God takes the very thing that's evil and darkness and flips it around. He said, it's, it's there, this man's born this way for the glory of God. So Jesus Christ at that time was able to take that very man who was born of natural evil into sin nature and heal him immediately in front of everybody to show the power of God and the will of God and the goodness of God. Does that make any sense? So God can use the very thing that comes against his own nature for his glory. Who here believes that? I'm going to stop right here. I could go on and on and on and on. The Bible talks about this in the New Testament over and over and over. But just know God did not create good and evil for you to choose more evil. That's not what the Bible talks about at all. He chose good himself. And anything outside himself is the absence of him. And it goes back to the word raw. Remember, sorrow. If you go against God, are you going to have sorrow? Yeah. Or calamity? Yeah. Disasters? Yeah. Affliction, adversity, yeah. Anytime you go against God and His will and His way of doing things, you're going against nature, you're going against what God created and what He, He's the one who creates the clay. He creates the heavens, the earth, the stars, the moon, everything. And anytime it goes against what He created, you're going to have these things. And the very devil of this world says, I want my will to be done to go against His will and that's what evil starts getting deeper and more evil and all these things because God did not create murder. What do you think happened with Cain and Abel? First, first murder of the Bible. Cain sits here, listens to Satan the same way he whispers in his ear. What he was not about vegetables. I thought mean, all this religious garbage. One has vegetables and one has animals. And one gets jealous because God wouldn't take his vegetables. Poor old guy. Well, why wouldn't God take his vegetables? Because that's what God told him to do was to plant stuff in the earth. That's just mean. I've heard that kind of stupid stuff in church before. That's not what it's talking about at all. At all. It goes all the way back to Genesis 3.15 when God spoke and said to Adam and Eve and to the serpent that he's going to put, hear me, he's going to separate the seeds and he sits and, and after mankind is cursed and he talks to the devil, Lucifer, the serpent, and there's curse now there. Remember that? And he says, I'm going to separate the seeds. You're going to bruise his heel and he's going to bruise your head. That's called the highway of the seeds. And that goes all the way through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the way through to Mary and Christ the seeds put into Mary so he could come be born as a Lamb of God and will make a way for us to go back to God that was lost. Y'all getting a hold of this, anybody? And Satan don't like that. So he's been trying from Cain killing Abel all the way through the Old Testament and New Testament. You'll see prophets being killed over and over and over because Satan knows that that seed must be born. 
And he's trying to stop it. The guy's like, and Satan's a dumb, even when Christ is hanging on the cross. He thought he won. Yay, I killed him. Having no idea what God's plan was. Y'all saying this, anybody? So, did God create evil in that sense? No. So what is really evil and what is darkness? Hear me, all the bad things you see out here in the world, yes, bad, different forms, different levels of it. But what is it all about? Go against the will of God. Do my own will. Do my own thing. Y'all seeing this? That's why it's so crazy today. People are so mixed up in the head because I'm going to do my own thing versus God's will. That is evil. Can we all stand to our feet? I hope you got something out of this. I know it was a longer teaching message today, but my whole goal for you is to be able to hear this, learn from it, and be able to help somebody else. And do not let Satan beat you up. Do not let Satan lie to you. Hallelujah. Because he will. Have you got it all figured out? No. Do I have it all figured out? No. <laughs> God is God. But I know what the Bible says. Amen. So if you're here today, I always give an opportunity and you want to be born again or saved, then walking to the front is not going to do it, but you're welcome to come pray for someone else, pray for yourself. I'll, I will say a prayer with you, but you got to get born again. Word of God's been preached. You must repent of your sins. Now, if you are here today and you have been born again, thank God for that. The next thing is be obedient. If you teach you to give a testimony, if you teach you to come pray for a loved one, or whatever your need may be, give it to Him and watch what happens. It's nothing too big for God. Amen? What's your need today? How many of you know God, God loves you, and He wants you to follow His will to, to protect you and help you? Thank you guys for coming today. I love you. Pray for the ones who could not be here today. I know there's a lot scattered out everywhere. Pray they get to come back next week. And remember, on the first of this month, June, we're going to be having a meal, eating out here, and fellowship. And we'll be having um, honoring our children that has that has graduated. So y'all kind of keep that in your mind as well. Uh, Ricky, you mind closing your prayer?